0: Episode 157 of Cowboys Ride Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. Uh, We apologize that it's been a couple weeks since the last episode. We've had some audio issues recording the last couple episodes, and we want to get the best quality out that we possibly can for you, and it it just wasn't there. We had a really good interview uh, that was supposed to go up a couple weeks ago. Unfortunately, the audio, our, our connection was really bad. The audio wasn't good, so we had to scrap it. Phil, Micah and I recorded an episode while we were on site at the Frisco Classic, and that audio got pretty bad as well. My computer just sucks, and I need a new one. So we, like I said, we apologize that it's been a couple of weeks, but we're back, and uh, we got a lot to talk about today, Philip.
1: Yeah, we got a bit, and I think we need to start with uh, basketball. I think we just yep. right out of the gate, JP. Let's talk about how Oklahoma State went down to Austin, a team that had won six games in a row, including pulling off wins over West Virginia, Texas Tech, and at Oklahoma. And Oklahoma State went in and had by far, outside of maybe Ole Miss in in Brooklyn, the most dominant performance of the season. And it w- it was. <laughs>
0: they just beat the just, brakes off of them. Like put it, call space. Oh spade. man. It it was. Awesome. I was at the, uh, we'll get to baseball here in a minute, but I was at the BYU Oklahoma State game with my wife, and the game ended about 3.30, sorry, 3.20, 3.30, so I hadn't seen the score, I hadn't checked the score, I've been watching the game, drive home, turn it on, it was 27-7. to 7. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and it just, and I was just waiting for that run that Texas was going to go on, I was waiting for that law offensively, and it just never came. And Oklahoma State just kept soundly just Beating Texas on you know in transition, forcing them to take bad shots on the defensive end, and just I mean soundly just thumped them. And they sent their um, their ability. I think I think Joel already had them with like an eighty nine percent chance to get into the tournament with a win. It's down to fifty three percent. They are squarely back on the bubble and need a really good week in Kansas City uh, to get to put maybe to be a lock for the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, latest bracket has Texas as a one of the last four in, and I mean a third of the four. So he puts them in order like one, two, three, four. They are third. They're in one of the eleven C playing games. They have to play Texas Tech, and while Texas Tech's not a like it would be a bad loss. I don't think Texas wants to lose that that Big Twelve tournament opener uh, for Oklahoma State. I think. This is this game was a nice seal on this last ten game run, but if you look, Oklahoma State went seven and three in their last ten. Um, that's what's frustrating. Um, I
0: mean, okay, is, so, well, so, uh, okay. So I'll ask you this real quick. So after the zero and eight start in conference play, did you think seven wins was possible?
1: No, honestly, same. like yeah, no. Honestly you just same. you because you kept watching, going, man, this is. Like and you you watched the things and you knew the issues were likely, but it was so much more than that. Like they couldn't shoot this. The offensive strategy wasn't great. Like there was more things. We'll get to the to the likely in a minute, but it was more things than just him. Like this was a team that couldn't shoot the ball and they couldn't figure out why they couldn't shoot the ball. And it took them it took them too long to adjust to the fact that this was a team that couldn't shoot the ball all that well. It did that that if you want to point at something as far as Boynton to the coaching staff. And, and and that they hold blame for this season, it's two things. A, you didn't have a reliable backup point guard. B, it took you longer than the fan base to realize that this team could not shoot and to adjust your offensive strategy to accommodate that fact. And once they did, you saw them start to play better and start to get more wins. Now credit, part of it is the schedule You got Kansas State twice You had a home game against TCU And a home game against Iowa State And Bedlam at home, and Stillwater is always You know, what it is So you really only pulled off a couple of Like, ooh, wins, like beating Texas Tech at home Or going on the road here at the end of the season And and boat racing Texas So it's not like you went through and, And beat all these great teams You lost to Kansas, lost to West Virginia And lost to Baylor But this was a team that that lost Iowa State on the home on the road and lost TCU on the road and looked terrible against Texas at home and could play great defense but couldn't score a point against West Virginia at home and it just like you that oh eight one wasn't just that they went started conference play oh and eight, they just they just looked they looked bad all the time outside of close games against Baylor they just looked bad, um, so I, look, this is a nice way to end the season, um. But I, I really think it, it just points to this team, I think, is what we thought they were when actually healthy uh, before the year. Uh, and unfortunately, they just weren't.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of the most frustrating stretches of basketball I've ever watched and for, with any team, any year, whatever, because you, we knew how good this team was and the potential that they could play with. And it just they, it just seems like they could not figure things out. There's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of just turnover issue. There, there, everything that could have gone wrong for Oklahoma State at that time really just did. I mean, that, there's no there's no two ways around it. But they they made some offensive changes likely be, got to 100 um, percent. You know, you don't want to pin this all on one dude. And obviously that you know going through mono you, you know you need to get healthy for that because you can have so many repercussions if you try and battle back from it too quickly. But when when he got to 100, percent you can see how good this team got. People people aren't joking when they say that he's the straw that stirs the drink. He is on the offensive and defensive end, and outside of really the West Virginia game, he's played really solid in this whole stretch. And and you see how it you know impacted Cam Grif. Cam McGriff has been awesome. He's been doing what we talked about for weeks and months now of play like LeBron Nash did when he was a senior. Play 15 feet and then step out every once in a while, drive and get to the lane and knock down your mid-range shots. And that's what he's done. And I think this stretch of games got him that honorable mention all conference. I don't think he would have gotten it if he had continued to play the way he did. So I think a huge credit to him for just changing his game and playing the way he did. And Man, <laughs> Dizzy didn't miss in Austin. That was fun to
1: watch. Oh, absolutely. I, I I love that for the two of them. I love that for, you know, this is their senior year. There's not a lot of games left. To be able to see them get to go down to Austin and, and do that to Texas is <laughs> yes. is a lot of fun. Now, the point of, of likely is this. We could talk about 100%, uh, and some of you might have seen – seen the tweet I put out, and, and let me let's put it this way. Um, if you listen to the Cowboy Chronicles podcast with Scott Wright and Jacob Unruh, Jacob Unruh made a point that the the game at Baylor uh, where they lost 78-70, was a very close game. Um, that game was back on February 8th, I believe. That is the first time that it's believed that Isaac likely was 100%. It's 100% recovered from mono. That's what happens to mono. If you don't understand mono, mono just because you're like the the, the illness is gone, it saps you in such a way that it takes a long time to re- fully recover, especially for for an athlete like likely to get back to being able to play full games, not get exhausted, not get tired, not not wear out by the end of the game. Like I understand you're tired at the end of the game. I'm saying not and actually be able to play. You're like yourself. So the tweet I put out was this, that Oklahoma's likely at 90% or better. So I'm going to say the TCU game before the Baylor game, I would say he was at 90% or more at that point. So if you take from the TCU game to the end of the season and the games before he got mono, Oklahoma State went 14-3. and three. The rest of the games, they were 3-11. and 11. I understand there's other stuff. I understand that Lenny Waters hasn't been healthy all year. He's dealing with plantar fasciitis. I understand that Dizzy got the flu for game. I, I understand all of that. But when Isaac likely was close to 100%, this team won games. When he wasn't, they didn't. And I, and I have people like, well, how do you know it was 90? Look, if you want me to go back a game and say, okay, fine, let's throw the road game at Oklahoma, so now they were fourteen and four with him, and three and ten. Like he wasn't fully healthy against Kansas. He wasn't fully healthy against at all on the road at Iowa State. Yeah, they beat they they beat A&M on the road. A M was bad. I know they've turned things around, but they were bad. You got a nice win there. I, I just you look at, at what this team was when he was healthy, and that's what it's basically been for the last month and a half month. This is the team we thought we would have. The seven on a start was the team we thought we have. And that terrible stretch from basically Georgetown through Kansas at home is what this team was without him. And if you keep him, if he doesn't get mono, if he stays healthy, this team is in the NCAA tournament. This oh, no, team no. hears their name called on selection Sunday. And that's where I go back to and say, has Boynton been perfect? No. He is very much learning on the job. That's what happens when you promote an assistant to his first-time head coaching job at a pow- at a big-boy school like Oklahoma State. But from year one, and this is where I'm leading to all of this, from year one where they should have been in the tournament and the committee screwed them. Sorry, they did. For year two, you literally had to kick off. By the way, year one, you had to, two guys you had to kick off for being knuckleheads. Year two, you basically had to kick off half of your team because they're a bunch of idiots. And so your team suffers to year three where your starting point guard gets mono and is basically not himself for half the season. And you had to have a guy who had to leave the program. I understand if you don't like Boynton, I get it. If you want somebody different, uh, that's fine. That's your opinion. I would just like him to be able to actually coach a season with the roster he came in with and no major screw, just out-of-his-control BS happening. I would like him to just have a season where he gets to coach the guys he brought in and things go normal. Injuries happen, players get banged up, stuff happens for a game or two, I get it. I would like him to see be able to go a whole season where his players aren't, do, don't do something stupid, don't have to miss a half a season, don't have to get kicked off the team, where the, the opponents they schedule that are good are actually good and don't decide to have their worst season in history. Like just let things be normal and let's see what he can do.
0: Yeah, I mean it. It would be it could have been very easy for this team to just pack it in when likely goes down for a month. You get boat raced by Minnesota. You lose to Wichita State. You lose to Georgetown. You just you start zero and eight. Very easy for this team to just roll over and let's just move on to next year and go zero and twenty or whatever. Zero and eighteen in conference or whatever. And they just never did that. You could see the fight even when they were just – they couldn't knock down shots. They were still fighting, and they—you know it just shows how much they, A, believe in their coach and how much Boynton believes in the, those guys on the floor. And it is very interesting, and, and it's something that's interesting, but it's also not how the, uh, the Boynton haters and the people that want to call him Travis Ford 2.0 and think he's a shitty coach have been really, really silent the last couple weeks, and it's doing my heart good. I'll, I'll say that much.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. Like, I I like him. I want him to succeed. Um, If he doesn't, that's fine, but I want him to. Next year is a big year for him. It's a huge Um, year. I think expectations are going to probably be a little bit, maybe too high because of what's coming in. Um, But next year feels like if he can get things to just to be normal for a year, we can see what he can actually do. and, And we might want to see this program kind of Start to take back off. So, um, I am excited for the probable nit. Uh, Iowa Oklahoma State's obviously got to go to um, Kansas City. Beat Iowa State on Wednesday. I think they can do that. (laughs) I do Um, do that. Lose to Kansas. It's going to happen. It's fine. Um, and then just wait to find out if you can at least be a top four seed in one of the one of the four one through four seeds in NIT so you can host a home game to start NIT play. I I wanna see this team keep playing. I wanna see what they can what, what they can continue to do. Um, and I want the, the freshmen to continue to have the opportunity to to, to practice um, and to play and to play some postseason basketball.
0: Yeah, I think postseason basketball is in the team's future if they can win uh, on would that be Wednesday? I believe against Iowa State. Yeah. If they can yeah. win that game, then I think they're I think they're a lock for some seed in the NIT. And I think for this team to play postseason basketball, for the season not to end in you know in the Big Twelve tournament, I think that'll pay some kind of dividends and some capacity for next season. I feel good about where next season is at. And if they can win a game or two in the NIT as well, I think that'll just kind of that'll push some momentum for some of these guys into next season. So. I don't think there's a lot riding on the rest of the season, but it would be awesome to see them get to postseason play and then play and then win a couple games there. And for those seniors to kind of finish things out on a high note would be huge.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I absolutely agree.
0: All right, we're going to move on. We're going to talk a little bit of baseball here. They've had quite a few games here at the Frisco Classic, and then they had four home games this past week. We'll hit on those really quick. Before we do that, we'll be right back after a word from the sponsor. All right, Philip. You and I and Micah were down at the Frisco Classic last weekend. Uh, obviously, at the uh, I think it was a Dr Pepper Ballpark where the Frisco Rough Riders play. Uh, it was a great weekend, uh, just a fun weekend in general. Even though Oklahoma State went one and two, I had a great time. Uh, Oklahoma State played UCLA on Friday, Illinois on Saturday, and then Texas A and M on Sunday. Lost the first two days, just some tough baseball. Turned around on su- on Sunday against a really good Texas A and M team, top fifteen team. Uh, and beat them eight to five. It was what? What were some of your thoughts? You were only there for Friday, Saturday, but what were some of your overall takeaways from Cowboy baseball that weekend?
1: Well, I'll say this: UCLA is really good. Um, uh, yeah.
0: So, if, for anyone that needs perspective on how good UCLA is, we had the best performance against them. If that says anything, we lo- we won- we lost eight to one. Yeah. A uh, and M lost ten to two, and then Illinois lost fourteen to one on. Sunday, so it, UCLA is clearly one of the top two or three teams in the country.
1: Um, the Illinois game was frustrating because it felt like Oklahoma State had a had a very nice performance, um, and look, I, there's there's a reason that I'm not like a baseball fan, but I like Oklahoma State baseball. Watching you guys hit the ball well and everything literally just not going your way is very much how the Illinois game felt and, and seemed to be. Um, so it was a nice time to be out there. It was nice to, to hang out with you two. Um, I think it was a frustrating Friday and Saturday. It was nice to see them get the win on Sunday. Uh, a was the one who went 0-3, which is definitely not who I thought would go 0-3 in that tournament. Not at all. Um, But for Oklahoma State to get that win on Sunday was huge. That is, from an RPI standpoint, that is Oklahoma State's best win of the season. Um, that, by far, like, at Orson Interstate is, like, second, and I don't think it's as close. Is that that close of a second? Like, it's a nice win, Um I I think my takeaway for big twelve for Oklahoma State this season is this. And and I think at this point they're what are they eleven they're eleven and five?
0: Yes, eleven and five.
1: I think Oklahoma State is a very good team. I think they have a very high ceiling. I think they're gonna they are better than bad they're they're a good team that should beat most of the bad teams they play. Like, you're going to get a loss like the Missouri State loss on Tuesday. It's going to happen. Weird stuff happens, midweek game losses. Um, I think they're going to struggle against the best teams because of the youth and because of the number of freshmen who have such a big impact on this team. Um, but I think that this is a team that is going to win a lot of games. It should be able to host a regional still. I still feel like I'm, – I'm not putting them top eight, but I could see a, a 14 seed and hosting a regional come postseason so again i think they are going to beat the teams they should beat um i think they're going to pull off some wins like AM, but i do think if they're when they're facing the like if you would say some of the best teams in baseball this year i think they're i think they're going to struggle because of the freshmen they have but that doesn't mean it's not a, a good team and they're not going to get some wins i just i think that's where they are i think they're a good team who's probably a year away with some of these young guys
0: yeah, I, I was – it was one of the – I didn't believe it was actually the first time that I was able to watch this team in person uh, was the games in uh, in Frisco against UCLA, Illinois, and A&M. And you could see, the especially with the freshmen, just the raw ability and the raw talent. It is there, I'm telling you folks. It, it hasn't been tapped into quite yet, but it's there, especially on the pitching side. Bryce Osmond, Justin Campbell, Cale Davis so your big three freshmen. Um Campbell or um, Osmond and Davis, I believe are draft eligible draft eligible sophomores, so enjoy those guys while they are in town. But those three guys are so big for this team and it's so tough for freshmen to come in right away and rarely do you ever see them make just an immediate lights out impact it's it's so tough because the difference between high school and travel ball pitching and you know and hitters it, it's so much different than college hitters. And when you're going in there and you have to make that jump right away and go, hey, you're my Friday starter, let's go, it's tough. But I think playing in a tournament like that against some teams that are going to be, you know, obviously UCLA UCLA is going to be in Omaha, I'll just say that now. Uh, Texas A&M is going to be a team that's going to be fighting for that. They're going to be fight. They they have a loaded SEC, but they're going to have a good shot to at least host a regional. And Illinois is going to be in a regional too. That's a really sneaky good team. You don't hear a lot about baseball in the Big Ten, but that was a really well coached team, a really just fundamentally sound team, and just a, overall just solid program. So I was very impressed with what I saw from them. But I think you see the raw ability from Oklahoma State. Even in losses, you could see hitting the ball hard. The pitching was there, and they would just give up, you know, a weak single up the middle or something like that. So, a lot of a lot of things can go wrong for these guys. But I, I think I saw a huge step forward, especially from Bryce Osmond on uh, Sunday. The crowd was going against him, chanting, you know, ball seven, ball six, whatever. When he couldn't find the zone, and he found a way to battle through five innings and keep Oklahoma State in the game. Uh, you know, Caden Trinkle is another true freshman. He's the two hole hitter uh, for this team, and the he doesn't wow you with just like raw ability, but you can just see, oh, that guy's really good. He's super tools. He's super sneaky. Uh, I really like the way he has played over this season so far. He struggled a little bit in the tournament overall, but I think he, I think he's the guy definitely to keep an impact. It will make an impact. And then moving into this weekend, man. Um, you know, you go three and one. You lose a weird game to Missouri State. It was eleven ten. Neither team really could could pitch and find the, and find that you know that out pitch. You know, a high scoring game like that, you just kind of take your lumps and move on. To find offense like that early on in the season is so tough. And for Oklahoma State to be able to score ten runs, even in a loss, that at least shows me that they're going to be able to. You know, the sticks are going to be able to work well enough. They're going to be able to hold on. You sweep BYU, but you saw that step forward from Justin Campbell and Bryce Osmond. Campbell going eight innings with nine strikeouts. Parker Scott shouldn't be forgotten either. 13 strikeouts in seven innings. Bryce Osmond threw really well yesterday. Had, has some location issues, but I mean, the fact that he's sitting 93 to 95, hitting 97 um, with a wipeout slider, like for the fact that he's able to maintain his velocity like that as a freshman is going to be really tough for, hitter, for any sort of college hitter. So there's a lot to like about this team. Uh, the the veterans have been really good. I I think like I agree with you. I think this team is a really high ceiling. I think they're a top sixteen. I don't think they're going to be top eight unless they really start to you know turn it on in conference play. I think playing TCU and Tech early on in conference play will tell us a lot about where this team is at. But I really like what I've seen from this team so far.
1: No, absolutely. Um, yeah, looking at this week, you know, St. Louis coming in uh, ten and four for two games Wednesday or Tuesday, and Wednesday. RPI one seventy three uh fresno state for the weekend three game series they're eight and seven rpi 207 so you you would feel good with a four and one like you don't want to lose one of those games i get it but i, I think four and one is a comfortable expectation and then how to put this real uh shake it's real folks like real fast because you get to road game at dallas baptist uh followed by the opening of a Break stadium with TCU coming to town. You get a game against Wichita state. Who's really good this year, but followed by road three game road series at Texas. Then you get a game against Oklahoma and Tulsa and then three games against Texas tech. Uh, let me just say this, the, the big 12 schedule is front loaded for Oklahoma state guys like TCU, Texas, Texas tech. These are three teams that are in the top half of the conference. Um, all, all our, I've start, started the seasons really well. Texas Tech 16 and one. Texas is 13 and three. Like these are, these are good teams. Um, so, like the back half of the schedule is kind of nice for the, for Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Kansas, Baylor back there. But the front half, we'll find out fairly quickly in Big 12 play, I think what kind of season Oklahoma State's going to have and wh- and what they could be this year. I mean, that you should know after those first three Big 12 series if they have a shot at at a host and and finishing in in the top 3 in the Big 12 or not. Like it just it just kind of feels that way.
0: Yeah. And I'm just looking through the stats for some of the guys on this team and I I just like you to know that your favorite player Caden Polkovich still has an on-base percentage of 500.
1: Like, he's my, he's my favorite dude. Like leads the team and walks. Uh, I just, I love it. I, he's, uh, enjoy, enjoy he's, him he's, now he's because guy. he's,
0: he's going to go in the top five rounds of, of the draft. So, anyway, oh yeah, he's gone after this year.
1: Him. Yeah. Enjoy him now. Uh, uh but get I, as much out of him as possible.
0: Yeah. I, watching this team this year hit, it's much different than what we saw last year. Last year. I mean, it was, you're going to hit a lot of home runs. This year, you're, they just don't do a lot of that. Uh, it's a lot of gap to gap power. Doubles is really where this team thrives. And they have 33 is a team so far, and only 12 home runs. Uh, but you have a lot of guys that can hit for a decent average. They're going to get on base. They're going to drive runners in. Uh, they're going to bunt, which I absolutely f- hate. Uh, but man, they're but they're going to drive run. But they're going to drive runners in. You know, they're going to frenzy hit. And if you don't know what that means from baseball, it means they're just going to. They may not string hits together every single inning, they're going to have one or two innings a game where you're going to see five or six hits and four runs just that quick. And it's just feels like it's, they're not going to stop. And they were able to do that a few times on Sunday uh, against BYU or on Saturday against BYU. And that's where I think the strength of this team is, is just one through nine being you know tough, winning every pitch, winning every at-bat and being a tough out and just finding ways to get on base. And you're going to be able to, you know, chunk runs together, and then a bloop and a blast later, and you're up by five. It very much feels like that's how this team is going to play, and they're fun to watch, man, especially when they get going. So that, that's where I'm at with it.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, never bunt. I'm a. I, I will campaign <laughs> to that put that shit on a t-shirt.
1: Hashtag never bunt. Yeah, this is. A, I think this is a big weekend. Um, I, it is. It's, and look, here's the other thing about this weekend, folks. If you don't realize it um these are officially the last games at LAP. Yeah. There are 5 games left at LAP stadium. You get Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And that's it. And the following weekend you open O'Brien. break. So if you are in Stillwater around Stillwater have want to go if you can be in Stillwater on Sunday, I wonder what the crowd will be like on Sunday.
0: I'm going to be there. And I'm wondering there, so
1: if I'll OSU be... really pushes, like, it's, I know they tried to make last year the official, and make a big deal out of it. And I know they've kind of, it's been more of a focus on a break, but I would really try and push this weekend of, look, these are so officially the last days of LAP. Let's come, let's, let's, let's make it as, as special as we can. I would try and pull in as many people as possible. Like I, that's, that's what I would do is really try and make this weekend a big deal. Uh, the opponents, not much Fresno States, RPS two oh six six through eight and seven. Like I don't, I don't mean a dog Fresno state. Like they might lose a game to Fresno state. It could happen, but I, this would be a big weekend to be there.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely will be there. I will let you know uh, kind of what the crowd is like. I'll take pictures and all that kind of stuff. Um, from your time as a student there or being able to come back to Stillwater, do you have any like memories or like one game that kind of sticks out in your mind? If you ever went to, you know, went to games while you were there.
1: I, I, uh, <clears throat> I never went to the baseball. I went to like a couple of football games. I'll be honest. <sighs> Long story short. Cause I know I've told this on the pod. If I haven't, I was there for like a year. I didn't actually graduate from OSU. I'm not an oh, OSU okay. alone. Gotcha. So thanks Fun for fact, throwing me under the bus there. Bud. I
0: totally. Okay. Totally did not know that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How? We've had this conversation. You've never had
0: this conversation with me. Yes. <laughs> you, you the only thing I've known about your time at Oklahoma State was that your freshman year was the final four years. That's all I knew. So I just assumed that you were there all four years and stuff. Never knew. No, that,
1: that. was also my that was also my only year at Oklahoma State, oh, which man. is why I would die hard on choosing. Uh all right, fine. For those who don't know, I actually graduated from OU. Uh and for oh, those who telling me I'm not a true Oklahoma State fan. Um, I was there for the final four season. I became a diehard Oklahoma State fan, and I spent two years in Norman uh, living, being an Oklahoma State fan while a student at OU, and the amount of shit that was piled down upon me. I don't want to hear anyone ever question my loyalty to Oklahoma no, State will. and how orange my blood is.
0: I will never question that ever, 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 ever. My goodness. I, I yeah, truly do not my,
1: yeah. No, I I basketball was the sport I cared about then. That's why I love Oklahoma State basketball. I wish they were they were good. If you want to go football stories, I remember sitting in Norman, I I worked at a bar. Um, I got off work for the so I could watch the OSU Missouri game. You know the one. The one the one that launched OSU football when they oh. went on the road and beat number three Missouri. Yeah, I yeah. was sitting in a booth at work and just got hammered, hammered <laughs> watching that game, losing my friggin' mind. So um no. Basketball, but yeah, that's why I'm an OSU fan. That's it, it, so yeah. So no, but I have uh, yeah. I did not go to a baseball game while I was at OSU as a student.
0: Gotcha. So if, if there was one that's that sticks on my mind, I, I remember I went to a bunch my freshman year. That was the the College World Series year in 2016. Uh, was, God, you're like, so young. Yeah. yeah <laughs> fair enough. Um, but that was the game they played TCU. It was a really big series. Uh, oh yeah, that's always a TCU yeah. was number four. Oklahoma State was twenty-five. This was when Oklahoma State was really surging in conference play. Uh, they were they were a really good. They were a solid team. It was kind of like what we saw last year, where they were really just kind of good, like you know, just solid. And then they just went on a stretch where they just started scorching everybody. And this game, uh, it was the first game uh, of a three-start run for Thomas Hatchery through complete game shutouts. And he threw nine innings, gave up five. He only gave up five hits, one walk, ten strikeouts. And I think the only guy that got to second base he picked off. Like, it was just it was one of the most dominant starts that I've seen in college in person. And that when he was on, like no one was touching him. Oklahoma State ended up winning that game nine nothing against TCU. They won two out of three in that series. Uh, but I, I will always remember that Friday game. It it was one of the quickest. It was under three hours, which for, if you've ever been to a college game is a frigging miracle. Uh, but uh, that was one of we were all. I was with a bunch of my buddies and we were all just like, this is, it, it was just awesome. That that was, that is one that will always stick out in my mind.
1: That was a weird season.
0: Yeah, 2016 was a weird year. I was talking to Trey about that, uh, Trey Cobb, friend of the podcast. Uh, he said they started that year just really rough. I think they were like two and six to start that season and then just found a way to just turn it around and they got hot. Hey.
1: But hey, yeah, they were they place? were two and they were two and five. Um, their Big 12 record was fine. Like they swept K State, lost the series to West Virginia, got swept by Texas Tech, swept Baylor, two and one against TCU, swept Texas, lost the series to OU. How often does that happen? Um, like not well, couldn't hit. Swept Kansas, and then went one and two in the Big 12 baseball tournament.
0: And then they go on, they went scorched earth in the regional. I think that – I still think that home run that Colin throw hit in Supers uh, to put them up in the late in the game, I don't think that one has landed yet and we're <laughs> four years removed from that one. He didn't hit yeah. a lot, but, man, when he got a hold of one, whoo, boy.
1: Yeah, they – yeah, they just – they were – because the pitching was just ridiculous yeah. once they got – Oh, it was a g1 six oh twelve two nine two five one three one one nothing one nothing and then Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah the the Sticks got got to Omaha, but I mean Hatch, Buffett, Tyler Buffett, Trey Cobb, Blake Battenfield, that that bullpen and that team was just they were so good. And I I, I think that this team can be that type of good, but they, the freshmen have to grow up really quick, and I think they will. I think they took some big steps forward, especially on the mound this weekend. Uh, for Justin Campbell to throw eight shutout innings and uh, nine strikeouts, I think that says a lot about what he's going to do. And then Osmond was really impressive, even though he, was, he got a little wild there in the fifth. But for him to get out of that after loading the bases, you have a single, a walk, and a hit-by-pitch – and then to only get out of that, giving up one run was really impressive. Uh, his pitch ability is really, really good. So th- there's a lot to like about this team, getting back to the team here in 2020. Uh, the, that TCU series is really going to tell us a lot. CCU is, is really good, as always. They're just a well-coached team. And if Oklahoma State can find a way to win that series, then I'll feel really good about where they're at going forward.
1: Yeah. No, I I was impressed by the pitching. I, I really was. I was. They had a very nice week in H-P-Y-U. Um I think they'll continue to it forward. Yeah, that again. If if they could, those first nine conference games: three against TCU at home, three against Texas on the road, three against Texas Tech at home. Like that's that's a goal. that's about honest honest <laughs> to goodness. Yeah. If you can come out of that nine game stretch five and four, you're going to feel really good. Oh yeah. Like yeah, and yeah. Just, I'm I'm sorry. Like that is a difficult stretch to open conference play. Thank goodness they go to Kansas State after that. And they're garbage. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah yeah i'm I'm looking forward
0: to well we'll move on here a little bit we'll hit some other sports shout out to cowboy wrestling eighth straight conference title uh we got individual champions nick piccinini at 125 bulla wallen at 149 and travis Whitlake like 165 uh you got a couple third place finishers dusty hone anthony montalvo joe smith and there was one more dakota gear Finished third. White sheets finished second. So they had a really, really good day uh, today in sessions three and four. Uh, they went nine and zero this morning in uh, consolations. And Reese Whitcraft finished seventh as well. So he clinched a spot in nationals too. Uh, they had a really good day uh, yesterday after really kind of struggling in session one. So you're you're feeling good at least you know eight straight titles. Oklahoma State hasn't done that since the 1920s. So which is when you do anything, uh. If, when you match any sort of record that o- Oklahoma State wrestling has done, uh, I think that's really impressive. Even though it's your own team, it's still really, really cool. And this is this has been a kind of a down year overall, which is crazy to think about because they're still a top ten team in the country. But the, the, it's still you still feel good about where this team is at. They're going to be able to have a couple guys that are com- going to compete at nationals, going to be up there for all American opportunities. So, though there's still some good things that have gone on this season for sure.
1: Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Like, like, locking up your eighth straight conference title after the first three sessions is impressive. Um, I still think it tells you how much where Oklahoma State is in comparison to the rest of the conference, though. Shout out to Iowa State, who is on the rise. They really are. They're moving up quickly they're doing a good job um and some other solid programs but OU could stop sucking that'd be nice uh we're gonna have to get brandon on before the NCAA championships like we're gonna have to get him on and, and just talk about this team and, and stuff moving forward i had him on my show uh last week um for for the midweek pod to preview the big 12 tournament so uh he does a good job we'll get him on the show
0: Definitely. And I know you wanted to get into a couple women's sports here real quick. Softball's won 11 in a row. Uh, Women's tennis is doing really well, too. And I'll let you kind of dive into that real quick.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Women's sports. Okay, first up, let's talk some women's tennis. Folks, if you didn't know, the women's tennis team is really, really good. Um, They are the one I actually think is the in the best spot to win. Oklahoma State It's first women's Like national championship Of an NCAA I understand the question Women's NCAA National championship I think women's Tennis is in the best spot They are 11-1 So far in the season Started conference play out 2-0 oh this weekend Beating number 42 Texas Tech 4-1 and, and beating TCU 6-1 and one. And while they haven't played A ton of ranked opponents uh, their one loss comes to number 25 at the time, Ohio State, 4-3. They beat number 11, Pepperdine. They beat number 30, South Carolina. And they have, for all the teams they played who aren't ranked, dominated 7-0, 6-1, 4-0, 4-0, 6-1, 6-1, 4-1, 6 Like, folks, they are just murdering everybody who's not a ranked team. This program is good. This team is good. Uh, I'm excited to watch them continue through conference play see what they have they've also got a couple other non-conference games mixed in they got a game at miami and a game at ucf but this is a very impressive start again to the season for a team that i expect to again make it to the sibling tournament and, and have a real shot to to make some noise the other team we have to talk about folks is the softball team guys this weekend was awesome awesome before i get to the weekend specific i want to i wanna Well, let's save that because you and I can chat about it. Okay. Mizuno Classic this weekend hosted Missouri State, Murray State, Mercer, and Utah. They went a perfect 5-0. They're on an 11-game win streak. It's not just that they won all five. Understand, they run-ruled four of them. Okay. That includes run-ruling number 25, Utah, 11-2 in six innings. Okay. 11-game win streak. That includes two wins. Wins over Oregon and Utah. This team is really good. And I'll tell you right now, they got six games coming up against Wichita State, some teams, Columbia, Western Illinois, not to dog, dog them, but this 11-game win streak is probably going to reach the 17 before they go to Georgia and face some some nice teams from the state of Georgia. Also, Kelly Maxwell throws a no-no. That's a no-hedo perfect game that goes with the perfect game she threw earlier in the season. The pitching for this team is ridiculous. Okay, this softball team is legit. This is a really, really, like last year's team was really good. This one might be better. I don't know yet. I really want to see what happens when they get into conference play have to face the Oklahomas and the Texases. But this team is legit. This is another team that's going to be in a regional. Maybe they can actually host this year if they don't just bias it towards, you know, the same teams they always do because the softball ranks is full, whatever. Um, but I do want to know one thing about this class this weekend. What well, something weird kind of happened this weekend, and Scott Wright of the Oklahoma Winter wrote about it. And essentially what happens is that, that Oklahoma had some teams cancel on them as far as what they were supposed to be hosting. So OU and OSU kind of teamed up this weekend. A couple of the teams that OSU played, OU actually kind of brought in for them to play uh, OSU brought some teams to them and oh you and know, she both played all these same teams this weekend. Oh, you had a couple of them, in Norman and then came to Stillwater for the rest of them. Um, which is kind of neat. Um I think it is. But one quote from it was that gusso and Gayeski basically see this as a, a beneficial to both teams and have uh, have let's say considered or talked about or would would love to host a non-conference tournament in Oklahoma City. Let me just tell you right now, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma both struggle to get really good teams to come to the state of Oklahoma. Okay, It's hard to get those teams to come play. Getting Oregon in Stillwater last weekend was huge, huge to be able to have that opportunity. If OU and OSU could host a tournament in Oklahoma City, OU and OSU don't have to play each other. But if they could get teams, you could get teams like an Oregon and an LSU or a Florida State or other... Uh, I'm trying to think of like rank to Alabama or Minnesota to come to Oklahoma and play. It's hugely beneficial for Oklahoma state to be able to have some of these marquee teams come to Oklahoma and get to play them in front of a home crowd. I would love for that to happen. I think it would be a cool thing if it would happen. and maybe start thinking, why can't best like other teams in sports do this? Like why can't the men's basketball do that and host in Oklahoma city? Like they used to have the all college, just, Bring two teams in. You both play both teams. Your records are whatever, but you get some nice teams. And I just, I love that idea. Um, I, I think it's something that they should do. I hope it happens. Go, issues awful. Yeah,
0: no, this this team is so good, and I I unfortunately have not been able to make a game yet. I've wanted to. Uh, but I haven't but I haven't had the chance. That I'm going to try and go on Wednesday when they play Wichita State. Just try and support the team because they are really good and they deserve everybody going to that stadium, man. Because they are they are a fun team to watch. I just you just see the highlights and I mean Carrie Everly, um, you know, to get a grad transfer to come in. She's been really good. Kelly Maxwell as a true freshman to throw a perfect game and a no-no to start her career. That's really good. And then I'm just looking at the stats here and. Kerry Eberly has a .51 ERA. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Maxwell's <is> 1.51. <laughs> Logan Siminik's 2.40. And let's see: 63 strikeouts, 28 walks. Kerry Eberly 57 to 16 for Maxwell, and then 26 to 20 for Siminik. But still, like to get the pitching that they do from this team, as well as to be able to the, the thump they have in that lineup. I didn't realize it. Allison Feiber has 11 home runs already this season, and I'm looking and. Uh, The NCAA stats haven't updated yet. Um, Last updated. Yeah, so it hasn't updated this weekend yet. But she is now tied for the lead, I believe, in the NCAA with 11 home runs this season. So that's something just to keep an eye on so far.
1: Man. This team is good. No, the Big 12, I think the Big 12 is really good this year. Texas is really good. Oklahoma is always solid. uh, Always one of the better teams. Baylor's... Bit, kind of bounce back from a down year, Texas to text solid. Like, this is a good Big 12, um, which would benefit Oklahoma State. Like, the Big 12 was a down a little bit last year, and I think that's part of why, even though they finished second place, they didn't get enough credit for it. Um, you've got some nice wins to hang your hat on, on in non-conference. You, you've got some more opportunities. The conference is going to be better this year than it was last year. If Oklahoma State could have another year where they finished second, even third, like, this is the kind of year where the schedule will allow them to be rewarded for it. So as a great start, a lot of softball still to play, but this is a really, really good team who I think has a very high ceiling and has a legitimate shot to get back to Oklahoma City. When we say Oklahoma City, that's like Omaha for softball. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, I, it's going to be fun to follow. Baseball and softball are going to be really fun to follow here over the next couple months, especially with the new stadium opening for baseball. But this the softball team is going to be really fun to keep an eye on over the next couple months. I, I think they're going to be – they have a chance to be, do something really special here in Stillwater.
1: Agreed. Agreed.
0: Phil, do you have any final thoughts here on this episode? Uh,
1: No, honestly. Um, go Pogs. I don't know, that was a lot. we
0: did a lot. yeah, good enough, yeah, we hit a lot of topics we said we apologized for the last couple of weeks. I uh, we said our, my audio was just a little jacked up and I, w- I just didn't feel comfortable putting it out for you guys as I know that there are people even someone that listens to the podcast for the first time would find a way to pitch about it, and I just didn't want to deal with it so <laughs> into- <laughs> so we'll, we'll find a way to uh, so we we'll, we'll get this out to you. we'll try we'll be more consistent here over the next couple of weeks. we're going to try and get more guests on talk basketball baseball softball what have you we're gonna we're gonna get some get some fun episodes out here for you as quickly as we can philip or can everyone follow you on twitter
1: follow me personally at okay follow my show the Ten Twelve podcast st and the number 12 the word podcast we're gonna be all basketball for the next couple weeks uh on the big 12 show and then we'll lean into a variety of other things including baseball and softball and and, and football and other stuff
0: Follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RF. We'll be back next week with another episode. I don't know what it'll be yet, but we'll talk to you all then.